locked in for another episode of The Young and the Rowdies. And I know we don't have college basketball right now, but guess what? We can still dive into some great content after finishing a miraculous, awesome season watching the Baylor Bears hoist the trophy this year after missing the tournament uh, for everyone last year. I hope everyone is doing well. Thank you guys so much for sharing this podcast. Um, it's been a blessing and a privilege for me to dive into the lives of you know the greatest college nation uh, around the world, as well as just diving into them, uh, my guests as human beings and hearing their stories and being able to share it to the world. Uh, for those of you that are listening, getting a chance to dive into the life of the athletes. And this week, not only do we have a new guest, but we have another return. Uh, co-hosted with me last week was Eddie Shannon, Major Parker. He's got us going uh, going to interview our next guest. And I thought, what better way to start the show than for him to introduce his former teammate. So, Major, go ahead and introduce our next guest. All right, Pat, it gives me pleasure. Excuse my voice because I'm going through a cold right now. Then I was coaching this weekend, so I kind of lost my voice yelling on the sidelines. So excuse my voice. But it gives me a pleasure and an honor, man, to to introduce my 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 former teammate, my brother, you know, my friend, um, a guy that I that I look up to, a guy that I that I that I go to when I need help with anything. Uh, Brent Wright, man, Brentley Wright, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for the introduction, MP. Thanks, Pat, for having me on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Just wanted to say hello to the Gator Nation. And like you said before, it's one of the best universities in the whole country. So uh, I'm proud to be a Gator, and I look forward to this this podcast. Yeah, man. So uh, for those of us that, or those of the ones that listen that don't know, Brent was, you know, this, this was going to be, be between you and Major because uh, on the website, the Gators website, it says something different than from when I interviewed Major a few weeks ago. Major said that he was Billy Donovan's first recruit. His first commitment. And I don't know. <laughs> you are. So I think we need to hash that out right now. <laughs> you, you know, that that was that was so many, so many moon and moons ago. Um, the good thing about that, uh, you know, myself and, and Major, we were the first two uh Billy Donovan recruits. Who was the first one to recruit? I don't know. I think it could have been him. Um, but uh we were and we, you know, we was like kind of like set the foundation to get guys to come along, like you Donovan's here has them, Teddy Dupay. Brett Nelson, Mike Miller, those guys. So we kind of like set the foundation, you know, to come in and, you know, to change the program around. Yeah. I love yeah, that answer. Yeah. Uh, just, there's no competition, y'all. The, the, the key was. No, 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 it's, it's, no, it's no competition on your podcast, but I'm going to hear about it after the podcast. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, like, like I say, it, it could have been, truthfully, he could have been uh, the one that was uh, first, and, and it's, that could have been accurate, you know, but I don't know, I don't write the, the content that's on the website, but I knew, <laughs> I, I knew we, we both together went there together, and, you know, I, we had one goal, and, you know, was to try to uh, be successful as most as we can, and, and I think we did that, yeah. uh, turning the program around. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So, uh you know, you were there from 97 to 01, but before we dive into that, you know, we always love to start this show with diving into you and your upbringing in the beginning. Um, so tell, tell uh, everyone a little bit about yourself. You know, from, we know you're, down, you're from Miami, but, you know, what was life growing up for you like? 
Well, life for me, you know, born and raised in Miami. Um, at that time, basketball was a was pretty good down here before a lot of the Miami area. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to play for a Miami High, the legendary coach Shaky Rodriguez and Frank Martin. Um, being able to go to Miami High was almost like, you know, it was like the Duke of Kentucky of high school basketball uh, here in the state of Florida. So, you know, going there, you know, with the minute, the winning mentality, it taught me how to win. It taught me how to work hard. So for me, the game of basketball, even learning at an early age, it just showed me a lot of how you deal with life and being around a lot of people that, you know, was successful and succeeded in this sport that, you know, I want to take on. And that was basketball, you know, coming in every day. You got good players like Allen Edwards, Steve Edwards, you know, all these great, great players. You see you in the ninth grade, you see Rick Pitino coming in, uh, Mike Szczeski, all these great coaches coming in. You're looking at them like, man, you know, I want to be them one day. So going there and, you know, to work hard, you know, work on my game, you know what I'm saying? I had to do more than what the other people did just because of my athletic ability. But I worked on my game, worked on my skills, and that kind of like what set me apart. Um, from the rest, you know, playing hard, practicing hard, things like that. So I got that win in mentality coming from out of high school, one in three champ three state championships. So, you know, those that was some of those things that, you know, was set in me before I got to the University of Florida. You know, growing up in Miami with a, a lot of brothers and sisters and things like that. And, you know, always just wanted to come back and do my best and, and lead by example for my younger siblings. When Okay, two, thank you for sharing. Two things that um, just I remember from reading that you just reminded me of. Is it true you have around 18 brothers and sisters? Yeah, man, it, it's crazy because, um, and I'm the oldest, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and, and, wow. the, and, the funny, and, and the funny thing about that is, you know, I have brothers and sisters both on my mom and dad's side. So by me being the oldest, it's like, you know, everybody knows each other. So they all know each other. They all hang out with each other. It's like one big family, one big melting pot, one big gumbo. You know, and like I say, it, they are all similar ages on both sides of the field. So it's like, you know, they speak to each other more than they speak to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I'm in a, I'm in a, in a realm of like, you know, uh, basketball and things like that. Most of them, some of them play sports, some of them didn't play sports, but yeah, it's a pretty big family. A lot of nieces and nephews. <laughs> <laughs> you, you feel, you know, growing up and having so many siblings and being the oldest, uh, obviously you felt that, you know, leadership uh, was something you kind of just fell into. Was there like pressure for you to succeed more or just to be, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, the perfect example all the time for your for your siblings or or how, how did that yeah. dynamic work? Yeah, and I'm still leading by example today, uh, doing what I'm doing, you know. Um, you know, have a school here in Miami. It's a nonprofit private school. And, you know, I'm still leading by example, trying to show my siblings, you know, a way far as like, you know, you know, what I took from basketball in my everyday basketball career, that's what I transitioned to, you know, what I'm doing right now. <clears throat> but to have the pressure, it was always like, oh, I'm the type of person, I'm a given person. So I always wanted to be able to like what I have or what I'm doing, I want to be able to share that with my family, my friends or whoever. So, you know, the only thing I felt like it was kind of pressure was, you know, just being able to be there for my grandmother, you know, who raised me. And I just always wanted to like, you know, do things for her. Um, but as far as the pressure, I mean, 
it wasn't really no pressure. It was just always, I just got to kind of watch what I do, yeah. watch what I say because they are watching me. You know what I'm saying? The things they do and say, I can't do and say, you know what I'm saying? Because they got to have one example that they look up to it, and that was me. So father being the biggest brother, I mean, the oldest brother and the tallest one in the family. So it was a lot that they, they look up to me too. So I always wanted to lead by example. Yeah. Is it is it true that you really uh you started playing organized basketball around 14? 13, 14 yeah. Yeah, I always used to just go on the parks and play. Um never it was never organized. Uh so I got this guy ran. He, he you know, he saw me cuz I was going to the school. His niece, he was picking his niece up and he saw me actually did I play? I said, "Yeah, I play." And I I never forget the, like the first day of practice. I was like 14. You know, and I was I was pretty I was pretty like skillful, um, and you know things like that. But the learning the game of basketball, the fundamentals, and you know it was so different from playing on the park to when you got to go through uh, a structured practice and you're doing this and you know. So I remember that vividly, and that was the first time um, that I actually played organized basketball. When when was it in that process? Because that's you know. A lot of parents that end up listening to this episode will be like, oh, no, my, you know, no way I could let my kid wait till, you know, 13 or 14 years old to start playing organized. You know, I got it. My kid is six years old. I got to get them in skill development right now. It's like, you know, obviously for you, it was a lot more fun. It, you know, fun and the love of the game was, was probably really important before just jumping into that. But I'm sure there was a point where, um, you know, you're developing and you're like, man, I, I can be really good at this. You know, I need to really, right. I need to really dive into getting this coaching and putting the work in because I see, you know, it's fun. Winning is fun and being competitive is fun. And I don't want to come out on the court just to come and play. I want to be the best I can be. So was that just, you know, a bit of people seeing in you and pouring into you as well as you having that passion and desire to get better when you were uh, a kid and starting to be play organized ball? Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to compete. I remember, you know, when I first started, you know, dribbling the ball and working on my ball handling drill and, you know, seeing the older guys that, you know, I remember watching Alan Elwes handle the ball and shoot the ball and just sitting on the sideline as a ninth grader watching him. And then what I would do after that, like after they practice over, when we practice, I would try to do some of the things that he did or mimic them. So start doing that, working on that throughout the summer and every day. And then once you get, and you, we all know that once you get to see like, oh, I can do this, and you get that confidence in yourself, it, it kind of like boosts you to continue to work on your game. And once I continue to work on my game, I kept working on my game, working on my game, and I seen that development and I seen the progress. And that's what catapulted me to far as like to keep to keep one of doing. And I remember uh, Shake, Coach Shaky Rodriguez, he told me that you know. I got a good, a real good chance to be a, a good player, especially player if I continue to work on my game. I remember I got in trouble, ninth grade, a fight, and it was about to kick me out of school or whatever. So it was that conversation right there that I had with him. I was like, man, you know what? You know, seeing these guys and be able to do this, man, I, I got to start focusing on what I need to do, start focusing on basketball. So, and that's what I did, you know? So. I became just more in, in love with the game. I played the game every day. I practiced on my game every day. As far as basketball-wise, I think, you know, for me, it's nothing that I didn't accomplish in basketball except one thing, and that's just making it to the NBA. And I broke my foot my senior year. But as far as, like, you talking about somebody coming in, professional, take care of their body, work on their game, 
You know, I love practices. Like I, that's and Major can tell you this. I used to bus day every day in practice. So I, I love practice and I love competing. To me, practice was more fun. And I don't know if you guys, when you was there with Billy, you know, the way we played and how he started playing later, it was totally different. We had to do like 2020 suicides and things like that to get into practice. <laughs> yeah, we gonna dive into that. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, so it it was just it was just something like that, and just like you know, and having that that foundation coming from Miami High, um, with is a traditional winning basketball program, and going into that and going into that with Major, you know what I'm saying, you know who also was tough. So you know, you know, Coach Donovan did a great job of you know recruiting both of us uh, coming to that. But it was just like I would say, like now basketball is more so of a business. Uh, you got like you were talking about being 14 at the age of 14 now. That's a late start. Yeah. But it, it's a late start. But you look at these guys in the NBA, and I was just telling somebody just recently and lately, these guys' skill set is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? You got MB 7 3 handling the ball, Euro stepping, and all of this. I mean, that but three, all that stuff crazy. Stuff. Yeah. So, three, you know, they, yeah. I mean, but, you know, and that's what anything we do, you know, they got more free range of working on their game and you got all these facilities and things with people training, like what Major doing. You know, we didn't have that. You had to wait after school or the summer or somebody on the park. So it's much more opportunity for these kids to get better than it was than we than when we had when I was coming up. You know, you know, you had sometimes where you you know, you see kids just complaining about and you know, we all go through stages where gratitude isn't uh, right in the forefront of our mind, but it's like, you know, you come from a, a more humble beginning or a more, you know, just the way that basketball is now with the skill development, the opportunities that can help facilitate you to get to where you want to go. And those things weren't there, you know, no. back to where it is now. And you get you know, kids complaining about shoes or, or equipment that they don't have. It's like, hold on, you got these grown men that are pouring their heart and soul because they want to see you succeed and you're worried about what you're wearing today. You know, come just come mm -hmm. with the attitude. Just show up and bring everything you got so we can help you get to because you know y'all have been there. I've been there. I just, you know, having that gratitude, staying humble, that's huge, I think, as a process in any field in life. Right. Right. Where you are staying humble, working hard, seeing everybody as a teacher. But it's hard to get that. Sometimes you gotta hit you know, like you said, a rock bottom or just a point where you're like, gosh, I don't have all the answers or how did I get here? Um, which is, you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes because that, you know, everybody wants to be right. <laughs> right, right. Way these days. Right, right. Hey, Pat, I, I have a question for you, Brent. When, when at what point in period, because I know how passionate you are about this, when did you fall in love with getting better? I, I, I feel and, in love. And, and, and let me finish, Brent, because the reason I'm asking you this question, because I remember the process and I remember the beginning and then to our senior year. Like, I remember when our first day of training, lifting weights with Rob Glass. <laughs> you understand? So, but I know, I know in watching you and watching you grow and mature as a, as a, as a ball player and as a man, you fell in love with getting better right so i'm saying when 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 did you like when did that that light bulb like like you know because I, I remember times bro you know we in the gym we working we working like we working but you it was just something else that you fell in love with about that 
that part. Right. I, I fell in love with it um, when when I saw the progress of, of me development and seeing the process of, you know, them individual drills that we used to do. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? In the middle of the whether it be in the morning or the middle of the day, and you still got to go to class. Just seeing that and sticking with it, and, and you seeing the, the fruit of your labor, you know, blossom. You're like, you know, three, four, six months of last year or two years ago, you couldn't do that. Now you're doing it. And, you know, like I say, I just, I love, I love, I just love the game of basketball. I love, I love to compete. I love practicing. I love playing pickup games. I just, I just love doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that was one of the things that, 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 that I think helped me become better, being able to compete. You know what I'm saying? Being able to compete to a high level. You know, MP, some of our practices, we had like two teams. Like, you know, yeah. if you if you if you went out the night before, you was messing around and stand up late. When you caught yeah. the practice, you got exposed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you got exposed. Yeah. Like it was no days off, like on, on, on those teams, you know. It was you got exposed and you know we go give it to you. You know what I'm saying, man? Like, you no, know, man, you I don't know if you could curse on it, but you got your you know, bust the day. So we going back each other. So you can imagine how that was, Pat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it didn't matter who you was. Like, you was go get it. Oh, man, well, somebody was killing you today. So now you ready for yeah. the next day. You ready for the next day because you 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 had a bad day yesterday. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So It sounds like you got a story fresh on your mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it was just like, like it was. It sounds like you're thinking of an occasion. Please, please yeah. share. <laughs> so it was just one time, you know, we were, you know, uh, the, I think it was the blue or the white team, and uh, we was just killing them. And we were just letting them, I think it was Ladarius, and I think UD was on the team, and with Teddy, we were just killing them, just killing them. And, and and it was just so funny just to see how guys get mad and upset. But, we, you know, that's how that's how much love we have for each other, the com- competitiveness. Then we'll be up three points, and Coach Donovan say, you got to get back in the game and you know what I'm saying? How you go get back in the game. So a lot of that competitiveness, it just brought the best out of us. And I think, you know, it, 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 it made us better. You know what I'm saying? And, and, we, we made us better. And Pat, you know, I know you was a witness of this too also, Pat. You know, like Brent, Brent touched on like, you know, being in those situations where Coach Donovan creates those situations where it's like you're down by, down by six with two minutes to go in the ball game. But you got to understand, you got Teddy Dupay and Brett Nelson on one, on one team together. So it ain't no helping out. And then you can't help. So you got to play. So, you know, you got to figure out a way to win. You got to figure out a way to hold, to hold the, the lead. So all of that, that created that competitiveness, that, that competition. It, it was huge. It was huge. And, like, Brent, you bringing back a lot of memories. Yeah, but it was huge, man. Yeah, it, it it was definitely fun though, man. Like you know, I, I we look forward to coming to practice and yeah, and just competing. You know, saying the whole thing for me was to come to practice and compete. And I, I you know, I I don't know how guys play the game of basketball and don't want to compete. So, I mean, I I, I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's a question I have these days too. You know, if you're gonna play, you play this game to win. You play this game to get better and to you know, what's the point of putting all these working individual skills and paying all these coaches to do all this stuff? Like, when you step on that court and it's time to play, like, go out there to win. Go out there and yeah. everybody's behind. And, 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 you know, it's a disservice to yourself, your family. Uh, hey, 
that's just funding all that stuff when you just come out there and like, ah, you know, I'm just gonna let, you know, I ain't really, I ain't really here today, you know. Hey, hey Pat, it, it was to the point to like, you know, the competitiveness was so strong to like, you know, we never like really got into a fist fight with each other, you know, really got that mad, but push and shove and set a legal screen. I think Ted hit you MP in the balls. He tried to set a legal screen on him. So can you, the practices, the, the practices used to be so competitive to like, it was, it was, it was, it was crazy, man. It was, it was fun. And, and it was just like I say, we love coming to practice. If you wasn't ready to come and practice and compete, you was going to get exposed, man. Like it was no hey. days off. It was no hey. days off, man. Hey, 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 Pat, let me tell you, man. I, I want you to write this down, Pat, because every former Gator that we interview that played on our teams, I want, I want you to remember to ask them to describe Brent Wright to them, to you, right. okay? Because Brent is full of crap right now, okay? <laughs> like, Brent, let me tell you, Brent is known for, like, if you drive past somebody and Brent is in the lane, like, you know you're going to get hammered to the ground. You know yeah, that. You know that. <laughs> and then he's going to look at you like, oh, I didn't mean to do it. You know, he got this dumb look on his face like he don't know what he did. I can remember one time I literally, like, I, don't, I think I went around Brent or something, and Brent, like, grabbed me out of the air pad and, like, threw me on my back, bro. And everybody in practice just stopped because they just knew, like, shit, it's going to go down. But he, I looked at him. He looked at me. Brent, I don't know if you remember that. You remember when you snatched me out of the air? Yeah, I could have remembered that. Yeah, I know you remember it. I know you do. <laughs> Listen, hey. man, I... I... <laughs> There ain't no listen, listen, man. We play to win, man. We play to win, man. We play hey. to win. Hey, Pat, it's no friends on the court. I didn't have no friends on the court. I didn't have no – I love these guys, but I'm trying to win. I'm not trying to hurt you, but you go feel it when you come in the paint. So we had that mentality, man. You're going to yeah. feel it. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got the Detroit Pistons squad. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We, we had it. We, we, we was tough, man. We was tough. Hey, you, I mean, you talk, you're talking about, Pat, you're talking about you Donis has when Brent Wright, Matt Bonner, and Donnell Harvey down there banging on a rebounding drill. Hold on, hold on, hold on, MP. Let me say something. Pat, this is the type of relationship <laughs> we had. This is, Pat, this is the type of relationship that we had on that team. If we out there in the game and we playing and somebody, like, busting our ass and – we like, MP look at me like, man, what the, what you doing, man? Like, get on me or I get on him. Like, well, we could talk to each other like that because I know I ain't doing what I supposed to be doing. Yeah, so that's exactly. the kind of relationship we have. So we go put up, man, like, what you out here doing? You tripping out here, man. Like, what you doing? So yeah, we can give yeah. each other that look. That's how it was on our team. Like, nowadays, I don't even know, you know, you know, you could have guys accountable and, and have those type of relationships, but that's how it was for us. And if I'm coming in every day, I'm working hard and I'm busting my tail, and I'm, and I know you could do this. Like I'm go, I'm I'm gonna let you know. Like, man, what you doing? Yeah. Like, you you out here tripping, man? We trying to win. What you you like? Come on, man. You got to get out of that. Get out your feelings, man. Yeah. So that's yeah. the kind of relationship you we had. Like, only, I think you know, true leaderships and true true captains only really earn earn that. Or not, you don't necessarily have to be a captain, but you earn the right to speak out to somebody when you yourself are holding yourself accountable and showing up and doing the drills every day and giving that effort. 
you know, that you striving to do the right. If you in there half, you know, going half speed and, you know, not doing what coach is saying, ain't nobody going to want to listen to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, yeah, you can't. You got to lead by example. You got to lead by example. You're right. Uh, right. You got to lead by example, man. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't think of any coaches. Like I was telling somebody, if I had to do it all over again, I'd definitely go back to Florida and play for Coach Donovan. Yeah. Just because of the, um, you know, the the uh, the education of the game, teaching the game, and you know, taught me how to win, taught me how to be a professional. It's just so much of the game of basketball, you know, being Coach Pelfrey, Coach Grant, you know what I'm saying, Coach Donovan, that taught me in so many different ways of life. I, I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world, you was know. Was Pelfrey crazy back then, too? He was funny, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> like, he was funny. MP, what was it saying he always used to say? He got a rocket up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know... Coach Pelfrey was a funny dude, man. Very, very funny. It's like you never know what he was gonna say some days. Yeah. You know, and then Coach Grant, you know, those guys was awesome, man. Like they, they was awesome. They did their best. You know what I'm saying? They worked hard, put us in the best position to win. A lot of people don't understand, like, you know, when you college kids and the coaches in there 12, 1 o'clock at night are looking at film and putting you in the best position to win, that takes a lot, man. That's a lot of sacrifice, man. And if you ever think about it and look at it, some of these college teams that have all this talent and don't win, somewhere it's a problem. Yeah. It's some, somewhere it's a problem. There's no way you got all the talent and you don't win. That means you ain't putting in the work that you need to do to put your players in the best position. You already got the best talent. So how come is it why you're not winning? Right. And yeah. a lot of times, a lot of coaches don't put in that air. Work, but coach all here, you know what I'm saying? You have Coach Pep, you have Coach Grant. Those guys were dedicated and working on to what it is that they, they wanted to accomplish. And, you know, they put in the work. So now me being older and knowing what it takes, you know what I'm saying, as a basketball coach and to, to, to put that time in, to put that work in, to, to study the films, to, you know, work on this and do this. It yeah. takes a lot, man. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's like a – transferring that energy as a player to where you develop, you know, putting so much into your game and obsessing over getting better. And then it's just the same grind as a coach. It's, it's right. you know, you're going to show up and put that work in because right. not you, it's up to you at the end of the day to say, like, I put my players in the best position I could because I worked my butt off getting the film and, and all this other stuff. But I wanted to uh, – you were just mentioning about um, – Playing for Coach Donovan again, if you could go going back to it, you know, Coach Donovan was told he should by Rick Pitino that he should not take that Marshall job, um, and you know Florida's program was coming off of some sanctions with uh, Ron, Ron Kruger, um, you know, just gotten in trouble. The ability kid, he's in his thirties with the whole coaching staff of guys in their thirties, still ability the kid, jet black hair. Um, during your recruiting okay. process. What was it that separated Coach Donovan and made you believe that he could put you in the best position for your career, that you could, you know, you wanted to trust him with all those things? Because he, I mean, technically, he's probably still unproven going to a program, right. that, a program that was unproven as well. Right. Um, it was more so like he come from the the the, 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 the tree of Rick Pitino, um, you know, and he also recruited Allen Elwes and also Coach Grant. 
was on the staff, which was an alumni of my high school. So it was some ties there. Um, you know, they gave us a story to do something special at Florida. You know, we could stay come stay home and put Florida on the map and things like that. So, you know, I thought about it, you know, me and Major talk, Major say he going. So I decided I wanted to go and we could start start something there at the University of Florida. And that's what we did. And we got guys like Udonis Teddy and Ladarius and those guys that come follow us. And, you know, far as, you know, with that, you know, like I say, Coach Donovan coming from that Rick Pitino tree, you know, I just felt like it would be a good opportunity to start something to build something at the University of Florida. And that was that's why I made the decision. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, that had to be still kind of nerve wracking. You know, just uh, there had to be so many people in your corner, not in your corner, but just, you know, people around you that didn't see the same vision at the time. Like, right. you know, how, how, how were you able to, and who, who were you able to rely on at that time during your recruiting process? Because there's so many, people around, especially nowadays for, for kids that are getting highly recruited. And it's just the whole business that AAU basketball has become into like coaches purposely, you know, getting paid in their pockets, lining their pockets to make sure kids go to specific schools that are affiliated with this and that. You know, it's a lot of noise around and I'm sure you had to do right. it in your own way then. So how did you, you know, when you're going through your recruiting process, were able to find the people to funnel your vision and, and know, know who to put it through so you can decide and make the best decision for yourself? I, I just trusted, you know, my uncle, which is Bernard, who actually was one of my high school coaches and Coach Frank. And I knew that they was going to put me in the best position where I could be successful. So it was out of, it was out of Florida, uh, Cincinnati, um, Florida State, Miami, and it was, I think, Louisville. Um, but, you know, having to, having to go somewhere in New going to somewhere in Florida and having Coach Grant there, who's a product of Miami and came from the same high school I came from and oh, played wow. for Coach Shakey. So it was a relationship with that. So I felt comfortable, okay. you know, going there and I knew I'd be in good hands, you know. That's awesome. What Was there anything that, um, you know, Billy D, he said to you in particular, like what did he tell you as – pretty much being the first guy, uh, you know, one of the first guys, you and me, y'all still got to figure that that part out. <laughs> <laughs> was, there, was there anything he said, like, as far as the culture or, you know, building the team around you guys? And also, uh, uh, MP, you mentioned this a little a little bit ago. I want to hear a story. Y'all was beating up on my man Matt Bonner a lot. I already know it. <laughs> I know y'all was beating yeah. up on Matt. <laughs> yeah, we used, to give it, we used to give it to Matt. We used to give it to Matt, man. I used to give it to Matt every day, Pat. <laughs> but that that what made him better. He got better doing that, you know. Yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt, Matt was Matt. Matt got better, man. So he that was that was good for Matt. I was very happy for Matt um, being able to make it to the NBA and be successful. So you know, yeah, we used to we used to give it to Matt, but you know, <laughs> the red head, <laughs> <laughs> the red rocket, the red, the red I mean, rocket, dog on Matt. <laughs> Yeah, but Coach Donovan, he would just say, like, you got an opportunity to come here at the university and do something special and be the first guy to set the foundation. So that's kind of what it was, you know. Um, you know, he knew that we would come and compete and, you know, come here and do something special. So it's kind of like, you know, believing in him and what he and what he was doing. So that's what I did. Yeah, I got you. Well, you know, you know, I'm excited about this next thing. You know, we're talking about y'all getting in there your freshman year, you know. Let's talk about these 20 and 20s. 
both of y'all go ahead and fill us in on, on what that Man, what that was about. Tell the fans what the twenty and twenty was. Uh, just like. And how it 20, made you to the men that you are today. Man, man, it was, man. It, was, it was 20 suicides in 20 minutes, you know. And it was something that, you know, like I say again, if you dreaded this the night before, <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't sleep. You couldn't sleep at night. You know, you try to figure out, should we do them in the morning time? Should we do them in the afternoon time? Like, and I, I think we all came to agree and just get it in the morning because the more you think about it all day, the worse it was. So yeah. you, couldn't, you couldn't sleep at night. You might just get up in the morning and get it out of the way. And it was just one of those things just like, it made you, it, 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 really, it really showed you, it really built character. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It really built character, show how tough you was. You talking about, and when you tell people to do, you you, you got to do twenty suicides in twenty minutes, and they're looking at you like, what? Like how? How you do that? You got between thirty and thirty-five seconds to do the suicide. The rest of that, depending on how fast you do it, that's your rest time. That's your rest. Wow. Yeah. So when you get back, when they get back to the two minutes, you got to go. And they're yeah. like, yeah. So you then you start learning strategies. You the first two lines you got to hit fast. <laughs> if you don't. If you don't hit the first two lines fast, is it? It's done. You can forget it. <laughs> don't try to run the last one hard because you got to catch your breath. You're trying to catch your breath. You know, so the, on that last one, you got to like scribe it in. If you're yeah. trying to sprint all out on that last one to get back there to recover, you're done. You, by the next two, three suicides, you ain't going to do it. You, get, you ain't going to finish it. I try so, to mix it up sometimes and do the, do the long one first. Go for man, it. Man. Yeah, I mean, right. I don't think I don't. I don't recall if he ever let us do we that. No, nah, he never let us do it like that. Oh, he did. Yeah, we no, uh, no. Uh, it was just like it just free got throw strategy. line half court. Yeah, you got your strategy. You get your yeah. space on the court. You get your spot on the court. You put your <laughs> head down and you just listen for the whistle and you just go. Yeah. I just see your... hey Pat, hey Pat. I just see people fall out. Throw up, <laughs> dive. I just seen people dive on the dive to make it. Yeah. Dive, dive. <laughs> hey, but listen, MP, the person it took he threw up or he fainted one time, and since that day he was the, he did the, the suicides better than any night I ever saw. That was Who, Donnell. Donnell. No, Jay Ham. Jay Ham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay Ham. Jay Hound struggled the first time, but after that, Jay yeah, the first year yeah. I, he was good. After that, he yes, was good. Man. After that, Tell, man. what about what about Elo? What about e Eddie Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> e Shannon. <laughs> hey, it's not funny though, man. It's not funny. Them things made you, hey, man, Pat. Them things was tough, man. I hated them, man. And then it got to the point where Rob Glass, like. He will watch you touch the line. Like you gotta like your your feet gotta kinda like be over the line. Now we get to the point you gotta touch the line, like you cheating, start <laughs> over. Ooh. Like, come on, man. Like, man, you... I got mad one time because Coach Coach Lanier was like, P Young ain't touched the line. All right, bet. I, I went, I touched the wall the next time. I ran through, I ran through my, I the wall and, and I finished first. I'm like, man, definitely leave but... it alone. But that's the thing, right, Pat? That's the thing. Those buttons, those buttons that that made those coaches that Billy had and who Billy was, they knew how to touch those buttons. Like literally, you say you ran through the line to touch the wall and still finish first. 
You understand? So yeah. it's it's that it's bringing that competitive nature, bringing that that second man almost out of Patrick yeah. to get him go, to go through that. You understand? Because yeah. we got to go on the road in the SEC. We got to win on the road. So we got to have Patrick ready for any type of adversity that he's going to go through because the referee is going to mess up. Yeah. It's going to hey. be a bad call. You know, so it but was those things, was man. The yeah. Game the games was easy. Yeah, it was the practice that killed you, man. Yeah, the games was yeah. easy. It just came down to in the games, like, execution and just making shots. But as far as, like, yeah. being in shape and playing, yeah. either, you know, you might have a bad shoot at night or whatever the case, but the games was easy. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But it was just, like, that practicing every day, you know what I'm saying, yeah. competing for that. Uh, so going, going to your tenure – uh, at Florida, obviously very successful. You guys made the tournament, I think, every every year. Uh, Except for our freshman year, we went to the NRT. Okay, three straight, three straight. I know y'all did back to back sweet first team to do back to back sweet sixteens. Um, are there any favorite memories that you can think of right off the bat, Brent? Um, one of my favorite memories was I, I, I that the Butler game. It was just like. <clears throat> A game, you know, some it's always a team or uh, in NCAA every year that match up well, depending on you look at the size and the team that's playing well. And Butler, that Butler game was one of those games that, you know, kind of like every time every team that win the championship, they have that type of game. And that Butler game for us was that game, you know, Mike made that shot and we went on to beat North Carolina and Duke in the same year. And then we went on to play in the final four of the championship game and play uh uh, Michigan State and my team Cleese um, made five threes. That, you know, that was the basketball guards and guards and everybody else helped them Tell out me. with that. But um, every time we cut it close or got close to three or six points, somebody hit a three-point three, three point shot to stick a dagger in us. And we was young at that time. They was all seniors. I think we were uh, juniors. Yeah, and juniors we, and sophomores. Yeah, juniors and sophomores, and Weeks was the only senior that we had. But you know, we had guys, you know, um, you know that good day, you know, just wasn't a good day for us. But that moment for me was the Butler game that I, yeah. you know, that Butler game. That's awesome. Um, you know, going into I was going to ask you about about that as well. You know, going in through that through that run, you know, what was the mindset? Did y'all y'all win the y'all won the SEC uh, tournament before that? Um, that we won the season. Game? We won the SEC seat, uh, the regular season. <laughs> regular season, okay. Yeah, we won the SEC regular Pat, season. Pat, we never won the SEC tournament. Never tournament. The tournament, we never won that. The seasons, we went, we won. Yeah, we but the tournament, I won my. We won the yeah. regular season three times before we won the actual tournament. Tournament, wow! Right. That tournament hard to win, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it definitely gets you ready for the the NCAA. Yeah, exactly. Going into that run, uh, can you remember just the mindset of you guys, or the you know both of y'all reflecting into that run? Like, especially you going up against Duke and North Carolina, was it just after that Butler game? You know, not everybody just we knew y'all knew y'all belonged, or you know, what was it? What was the mindset that you can remember? We was focused. We had this thing right here, Pat, and we did that when somebody was off or somebody wasn't doing what they supposed to, or we had some type of adversity or we was dealing with, we just looked at each other 
and we did write this. I don't know who came. I think Coach Donovan and somebody came up with this. We just want to stay focused. And we had this. We had, I don't know if MP remembered, we played like in spurts. Like we played like three to four minutes in spurts. We played our hardest for like three or four minutes. And when you got tired, you sub, you put your hand up and you subbed out. Like, and that was another strategy that we did. Like we played our hardest. Like imagine playing your hardest for three to four minutes and you get tired, you get winded, you sub out. So with that and, you know, making sure that we all stay focused and we had one goal, that's how we was able to get from that Butler game and all the way to the championship because we took on the approach of like, it wasn't so much about who's scoring, who's doing this, we doing that. We just like, we go play hard. We need everybody to play hard for three to four minutes. You get tired, put your hand up, you coming out. We'll get you back in. So, and that's the rotation that we had, you know what I'm saying? Being able to have 10 guys that we could play like that. So it kind of worked out for us like that. So that was, I, I remember that. And we were, we were just so focused, you know, now I'm older. I just, even though we were so laser focused, I just like, we just, I just wish we could enjoy the moment a little more yeah. and a little better. We were just so focused on to what it was that we were doing that we really enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like we was there and we were so focused, but we, we, we didn't, we didn't enjoy it. And you know, and that's the only thing that I would say that like, I wish that we could have did a little bit more, but like we had the mentality, we coming in, we focused, and we doing whatever we need to do to get this W, to get this win. And, and that's what it was. Well, I mean, you, as you guys have said and made it clear, you guys practiced uh, at such a high level and just had the accountability there. You know, you had the goal, the goal and the vision at the end. So it's kind of hard to, you know, hate to say putting joy on the back burner. But when you're in that, that, that zone, you know, the goal is, is at the end, the finish line. You know, you, we'll, 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 we'll we're done when we finish, not when we, you know, we, we're halfway there. Yeah, we want to pat ourselves on the back and, like, acknowledge that we're, we're on, the, on the track there. But, you know, when you got, like you said, y'all, y'all folks, like, this goes to show with the, the long-term vision, too. State, what, what, are we, what are we playing for? We're not playing just to win one game or just to go to here. We're trying to win this championship. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's really dope. Uh, so, going into your senior year, um. You know, we saw, I saw that, you know, you had, you had an injury, um, mm-hmm. you know, first off, you know, and, I, and, and it's crazy how similar it is to like what Zion Williamson had, had happened with him. Um, what was that? I don't even know how old Zion is, but his, his one year at Duke where yeah, just a, a malfunction of his shoe, too much force, you know, I, I can only imagine uh, what you were feeling at that time, but can you can you take us back a little bit to that moment and just like the things that proceeded after it, that? Yeah, it was it was it was it was. I never remember. We just got to finish playing like a couple of uh, like not ex, a little exhibition games and a little the games before you head into the SEC season, just about January. And I was playing some really really good basketball and like five. Like I was like top five out of like like 10 of the statistic categories. So I was playing really well going into my senior year. And then to have that happen, it happened to me my freshman year, I broke my fifth metal torso on my left, on my left foot. And then going into my senior year, I broke it, uh, the same bone on the other foot going into my senior year, which, you know, as a, as a senior, you never want to be hurt your senior year. Right. Um, but I, I, I definitely remember that. <clears throat> It happened, and they 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 tried to kind of bring me back a little too early, 
tried to get me to play in the SEC game. The shoe blew out again, and I got to go back through surgery again. And, you know, it's just like, you know, like, damn, you know, like, wow, this shit happened again. Um, you know, like, like what to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like a devastating moment for me. And you like, like, why? You know, you playing the best basketball of your life. This your senior year. I really never gave, I can't never sit back and say, I really gave myself an opportunity to be in, 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 to be healthy, to be in good shape, to go out and showcase my talent to an NBA a team. So um, it always be that like woulda, coulda, shoulda, like, you know, but it, 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 it happened. And that was like a, one of those down moments for me. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, you know, when adversity kick in, it's that ain't like, what you gonna do? That's that's a part of it. That's a part of the, the story. You know what I'm saying? We all have situations, things that we go through, but you can't put your head down. So, you know, figure it out and, you know, try to get back in shape and, and do things like that. And um, went to the pre-draft camp in Chicago, uh, you know, playing basketball and doing drills and working out and shooting and doing all that, that's different, you know, as we all know. Got into the pre-draft camp, didn't have no rhythm of playing basketball after three or four months off. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i in this gym working out, shooting, ball handling, doing all that type of stuff, but it wasn't nothing to where like it was game similar, you know, so right. got out there, didn't, didn't do too well, rhythm was off, things was off and, you know, that was it, got invited to a couple of camps. That's about all. And then uh, I decided to just go play overseas and had a great career overseas in Europe, won nine championships in Europe. And then uh, that's that's what it was. I never really, you know, kind of felt, you know, after I got through it, I was like, you know what? Hey man, what am I gonna do? I can't, I can't sit here and dwell in this. So, you know, I can still make money playing basketball overseas. And so I took that approach, the same approach that I had in high school, I mean, in college, the professionalism. I just kept working on my game, and every year I went to a different team, got a better contract, and you know, like I said, won nine championships. So, uh, to me, uh, getting hurt, I wish that I I did have the story or the conversation that I could say. You know what? I finished my senior year. Um, I didn't get hurt. I had a, a opportunity, like everybody else, to be healthy and going to camp, but I was not able to. So. For me, it's just like uh, I'm. I mean, God has a plan, and and His plans it wasn't for me to make the NBA, so I'm okay with that. I mean, I don't feel no regrets or down or anything like that. Because one thing I do know, life could be much different than what it is, you know. Yeah. So I'm I'm very grateful that you know I was able to still go overseas and play ball and make some money and do good for myself and come back and open up a private school. So I'm okay. I'm good. I'm helping kids. I'm helping families and things like that. So I'm, I'm good. But it, it, and we all know guys who could have made it, who should have made it, and they didn't make it. But they get so caught up and consumed to not making it till they forget about everything else. Exactly. And and I'm and I'm so glad that I didn't get caught up and worry about that. And, and that took me away from continue to play the game of basketball and continue to make money. You know. Yeah. Making it to the NBA, is, oh, it's great, it's fun, it's great, you know, but that ain't the end. You know what I'm saying? You can still go overseas and make money and do well for yourself. And that's what I did. So I'm glad that I was able to not get stuck or get, you know, in that moment or to like, oh, I ain't make it to the NBA, life is over, I ain't doing nothing. Nah, I continue, I stayed with it. And to me, that, that was the best thing for me, you know, living in Russia, living in Ukraine, Belgium, France, Italy, Spain, Sweden, where I get to see 
all these different things and different cultures and all this, you know, the way people live, you know, you talking about a kid coming from out of Miami that ain't right. never seen that, you know what I'm saying? You know, so the game of basketball, that little round orange thing took me to a lot of different places, to a lot of different things. So I'm very grateful for that, man. If it wasn't for basketball, you know, just the way I eat, you know, trying different foods. And, you know, I remember going to, I remember playing in Europe in, in Italy, man. And it was this old head, his name was Henry. I can't remember his name, he was from California. And we came down for practice. And Pat, you might know this. MP, you know this when we went over there. We came oh. down for breakfast. <laughs> and you know, in the States, we get pancakes, eggs, grits, sausage. In Europe, you ain't getting that. None of that. You get some, you get some boiled eggs, some toast, some yogurt. You might get you some cereal. You might get pastries. you some egg. Yeah, some pastries, some eggs white. So I come downstairs. And I'm like, man, you know, I ain't used to eating none of this. Like, he said, young fella, if you go make a living over here, you got to eat, get used to eating this type of breakfast. <laughs> and, and Pat, and you might know this, I tell you no lie, I got used to eating that breakfast. Yeah. So I became Europe, like, I really became Europe. I, I, started, I started eating salads and all type of stuff, man. Salads before the game, soup and all type of stuff. So. You know, coming from Miami and be able to experience that, man, that's I, I, I definitely appreciate that, you know, even making it to the NBA because I still wouldn't be able to experience some of those right. things and being culturally advanced. So and, and having friends, you know, I used to date a girl, she was African, not no African American, real African from Congo, Rwanda, wow. and things like that, and going to African parties and see how much fun <laughs> these people have. Like, seriously, man, I, yeah. I, I really enjoy Europe, man, and have fun. Like I would have never done that. If I didn't continue to play basketball, even if you make it playing the NBA, you going to Europe to visit, go on vacation, but you're not actually living there and experiencing yeah. it. Yeah. So for me, for so for me, man, that was that was great. So I, I don't, I'm not, I don't regret nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How I went out, how I played out, I'm very grateful. Yeah, man. Well, first off, thank you so much for just opening up and just the vulnerability. I mean, I, I. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we all three of us, and I hope so many countless others know that we were all made for more than just basketball. Basketball is just a tool and a platform that we've been given that has given us a lot of awesome opportunities. You know, my injuries definitely turned my career around you know, as far as, and you know, not making it to the league. But, you know, when I look back, I'm like, gosh, man, I've been so blessed just what I've been able to do up to this point. Of course, I would, mm -hmm. if I was writing my own story and if I was God, I would write them differently. But if I look through the lens of gratitude, I'm like, man, I really got to live overseas for free. And like right. dive into a, a Greece and Italy and Israel and learn so much about the world and meet some awesome people. And you right. know, I would consider I would consider living overseas, man. I ain't gonna lie, like the the the, the lifestyle, the mindset. Uh, it's much easier. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just so much. Uh, like I feel as though, um, I mean, not in Milan. Milan. When I was in Milan, they're very very similar mindset to like very, uh, American when it comes to like business and things. But um, when I was in Greece, man, so family oriented, being in the moment. Right, so right. Being at right. Moment, I was like, man, this is the life, right? Here. Yeah, you was mm -hmm. loving it. Yeah, you was loving it. And at the same time, you. <laughs> And at the same time, you get to party and have a little fun. I mean, oh, because yeah. the music, now nah, it's just like, I remember going to, I was in Paris, right? <clears throat> you go to Paris, I'm thinking I'm somewhere in the Fountain Blue in Miami. 
<laughs> like, like serious, they had the same type of music and the same type of everything. I wasn't really missing nothing. So for me, I, I, I definitely had fun. I definitely enjoyed it. And it just like to go from, you know, being in Belgium and, you know, dating a girl or from Belgium and to go to take me and show me what really Belgium's about. And like, that's like priceless, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, you know, I get to go see like how they actually live, like, you know what I'm saying? In Europe yeah. and, and things like that, going to do all these things. So for me, it was a great time. I definitely, I, I loved it, man. I know you, yeah, have, I definitely I know you have some, uh, I mean, you've been, how many years did you play overseas? I know you spent a good amount in Belgium. Yeah, I played about, I think, 12 or 13 okay. and won like nine championships. I won like five in Belgium. Because I started, I, I went to Belgium. That man then that I, bonus money out there. He won. Yeah, <laughs> I got that bonus money. Pat know about that bonus money. You got that bonus money out there, MP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. So I, um, yeah, I, I, I remember then I left Belgium for like three or four years and then I, I came back at the end, which was good. I mean, it was, it was pretty good for me. You know, I ended up playing for uh, my coach that I played for in Sabona, um, Croatian. He ended up coming to Belgium. So I ended up going back towards the end of my career playing for him and helping him change the program around. And I actually played against Jay Ham like the last couple of years. I beat him. Play. I won a championship with Jay Ham. Then I left the next year and beat him in the championship. But Jay <laughs> Ham, Jay Ham, MP, I think I told you, Jay Ham had a team. So the same thing we were talking about, how being prepared and, and, and working on your game and practicing every day. Jay Handum team in Charleroi, they was loaded. When I tell you they was loaded, they had yeah. talent, they was athletic, they was more athletic than us, they, was, they had more talent than us than everything. But the way we practice and we prepare and how much we was in shape, we beat them. We shouldn't have not beat them. We shouldn't yeah. have beat them. But our coach was similar like to Coach Donovan. Like, we go come to practice, you go practice hard. And I don't know, Pat, if you ever played for a Yugoslavian coach. If you did, you know what I'm talking about. You go come to practice, you go practice hard, and they go get their money out you. Oh, yeah. And that's what it was, and we won. Mm -hmm. But we should never we should have never beat Jay Hanna. So, you know, I played for him early in my career, Croatia and in, in, in Russia. And then towards the end, he brought me in to, like, you know, bring the pro. And they've been winning ever since. They didn't win, like, man, my team in, in Belgium then won, like, the last 10 championships. Wow. 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 They didn't win the last 10 championships. Right? And, and, j and just just for the record, Jay Ham is Justin Hamilton, Pat. Okay. Justin yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, I know yeah. Justin Hamilton. Yeah. 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 I hope we get him on sometime soon as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brent, do you have any? I know, I mean, being overseas, I got plenty of stories, but this this episode ain't about me. It's about you. You got to have some type of overseas story. That you yeah, know. I do. I got one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a story. This, yeah. this, this the one. This that one. That one. This this the one. Is this, that one, this, Brent? That one. What? What's the one? The club. The club. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it, I had a, I actually got a couple of stories, man. It, it's funny though. Bring them all. I got a couple. So I, the same thing, I you know, dating this girl, talking to this girl. So you know, Belgium and France and Germany and London is all close. So you could drive two, three hours, and you could be in Paris. So we, me and my teammate, we leave. We go to Paris. We drive, and so we get in Paris, right? And you know, you got diesel gas, you got regular gas, and you got whatever. Man, I messed around and put the wrong gas 
in the wrong, and I put the wrong gas in the car. So now on Paris, and during the spring and the summer, it's traffic is like, it's crazy. So we was able to, I put the gas in there. So we driving off and the car just started sputtering like, I'm like, damn, what's going on, right? So I, we got on the tunnel on the, on like at the highway and I was able to get off, get off the tunnel and get and, and get on the side of the street. Man, as soon as I got off the tunnel to get the pull on the side, the car completely shut off, right? So the car completely shut off. So my teammate, his name Damian Mallet, he from Tech, he from Louisiana. So I'm like, man, what we gonna do, man? I didn't put the wrong gas. Now, mind you, this is Sunday. We got practice on Monday. We don't even, <laughs> yeah. to be, we don't even supposed to be in Paris, but we in Paris. So again, the girls, they from they from here, so they know what to do. She called her friend who lives in Paris. Her friend called another guy. The guy come get the car. He drained the gas out the car. Now this this shit cost excuse me of language. This cost about <laughs> four. This cost about four five hundred euros just yeah. to do this. So we are talking about seven eight hundred dollars. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, what? But I got to pay it. <laughs> like yeah. you know what I'm saying? I got to pay it, man. They laughing at me. They crying laughing at me. Like crying laughing at me. I was so scared and so nervous. I ain't know what to do. So Dude, imagine. Yeah. Imagine if I ain't know them, right? Yeah. That 400, 500 was going to be probably a thousand. Yeah. Just yeah. just to do that. And we talking about on a Sunday. And you yeah. know, Europe, Europe, Europe is different from the state. Sunday, these people ain't working. They shut down. They, they closed nothing. Over there, nothing. You ain't going so, grocery shopping on Sunday. Right. It's over. <laughs> right. So imagine we now we got to get back to practice and everything. So that was one of those moments. And then the other moment was we was coming from, uh, we was coming from Germany and the car light just stopped. It's, it's cold, it's freezing cold. The, the car just like stopped. Through so a minute of the highway, we don't know nobody, they speak in French. Now the car, we, we got our jackets on there, man, that car started getting so cold. It started getting mm -hmm. so cold, cold, cold. So we was out there for about six hours, just in the cold, just waiting for somebody to come get us. Just waiting, waiting for somebody to come get us. But them, them, them stories, man. You out there for? Like six hours, bro. Six hours. So now the car can't start, so it ain't like we can use the heater and warm up the seats. Warming up, yeah. We started freezing. We got on our jackets. We got on everything, man. It started being so cold, man. It was just like some of them were some of the best moments, man. <laughs> like some of the best moments. Hey, bro. Another. Uh, yeah, we. I, is, I, I definitely have my fair share of car stories. Uh, out there, but never, never being in another city. <laughs> yeah, we was in another city, man. The car just completely just, I put the wrong gas in there. I ain't know what to do. They laughing at me, giggling at me, man. They, every time I talk to them, they bring this story up, Pat. They always bring this story up, man. It was so, it was just so funny, man. But that's why like, so, I think it's, it's so important. Uh, that I, when I, whenever I, I, I try to tell people that are going overseas, make friends outside of yeah. the basketball team, outside of yeah, have time yeah. for you to introduce you to things. And right, right. Even in college, even in college basketball, it's like make friends that aren't basketball players that right. They gonna yeah. stuff, but they have completely different interests because they can teach you other things and show you other stuff. Like, like I wish somebody told through. me that when I was in school, Pat. I ain't gonna lie. Because you know, when you come from some of our backgrounds, you nobody yeah. telling you that. Nobody right. telling you that. Yeah. You're not having those type of conversations. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
And those guys that you're talking about, those be the guys who end up owning companies of 500 companies. Those who you need to be friends with. Absolutely. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, we're not taught that. You know no. what I'm saying? We're we, we not taught that. But, you know, we're not taught that. So We know that now. And we can spread the message. <laughs> yeah, most definitely, man. Those are the people that you definitely need to tap into. So, Brent, as we're, as we're closing up here, I want to dive into uh, post-career life. You know, when you decided okay. to stop playing, you know, what did you decide, you know, tell people, you know, we want to get dive into what you're doing now. Like, you know, this is the plug for you uh, so people can, can support and know what you're about and what you, you know, how basketball has helped you transition um, into where you are now, what your plans are, your legacy, what you want to leave as a lasting impact, all those things. That's, let's dive into that. Well, as I decided um, to stop playing, I opened up a, a private school, non-profit private school. It's called Be Right Leadership Academy down here in Miami. Uh, we're a non-profit. Um, it started off with a conversation, me and my uncle. And uh, I knew that I probably was going to retire in like two or three years. So to try to get it going you know, while I was still playing to get the foundation. So when I do start playing, that um, it could be up and running, but it didn't end up working out that way. I didn't go back to play. So I ended up staying home. And, you know, for the last eight years, that's what I've been doing, just building the foundation, setting the foundation. Uh, we started off with about, I started off with like 60 kids. Now I'm at 200 kids, you know what I'm saying? Serving kids in Miami area, uh, low income, disadvantaged kids. So for me, it, it's just like, for me, and and I think, you know, even even playing the game of basketball, and I remember somebody say, do I miss the game? And I told them, I, I don't miss the game because when I was in the game, I gave the game everything. So I left it all on the table. Every day I came to practice, I practiced hard. Every time I stepped on a, 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 the, the basketball court, I gave it my all. Whether it was practice, a game, in the weight room, working on my game, I gave it my all. So when I, it was time for me to walk away and go into something different, I was okay with that. I didn't have nothing to prove. I, I won state championships in high school. I won in college, you know, playing at the highest level in college, the NCAA championship game, you know, playing in Europe, playing professional overseas, winning nine European championships. So the game of basketball, I don't owe nothing to it. It don't owe nothing to me. So it was easy for me to start working on something else, you know, post-career, post life after basketball, because I, I gave it my all. And when I do something, I give it my all. That's what I'm doing right here, right now with the foundation. I'm giving it my all. So I can't be over here and be over here because you're losing somewhere. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You got to get a time. So I dedicated all my time to the, the, the Be Right Leadership Foundation, the, the Be Right Leadership Academy. And that's what I've been doing. So that's how we was able to go from 60 kids uh, to 120 kids the first two years to now we had 230 kids by me taking that same approach um, that I did in the basketball world to like dedicating, getting up, doing things that I want to do, learning, trying to figure it out, you know, working on Saturdays and Sundays. I find myself working on Saturdays and Sundays, you know what I'm saying? Because I know if I don't do it, no one else is going to do it. But I do know it's going to pay off and it's going to pay out at the end. You just got to put the work in. Same thing as you working on your game. You know, you keep putting in the work in and you coming to the gym every day, you're working on your game, it's going to show. But if you don't do that, it ain't going to show. And I'm type of, I'm, I'm the one of the, one of the people that like, 
I'm going to go give it my all. So if it don't go the way that I'm supposed to go, I, I don't feel bad. I'm not sad on myself saying, oh, I wish I did this or I wish I didn't. No, I did all of that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. I could be at peace with myself just like basketball. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying so if I'm giving my all, my 120% every day and it don't go well, it didn't go well because I didn't do what I supposed to do or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. It just didn't go well. And what people don't realize when you put your maximum effort into anything that you do every day and it don't go well, you can look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? I gave it my all. So it's, yeah. it's like, <laughs> I, I gave it my all. Yeah. So, but when you, you know, don't give it your all, that's when you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. And that's what I never do. I never do that. If I'm going to say I'm going to do something, I'm going to give it my maximum effort. I'm going to put my all into it because at the end of the day, I can always look at myself in the mirror and say, you know what? I gave it my all. So if I gave it my all, hey, man, ain't nothing more I could do. But when you find yourself, you cheating, and you know you're supposed to do this and do that, and you ain't doing it, and you putting it off, and you ain't doing that, and then when it don't go right, you're going to be like, man, I wish I would have did this, or I should have did that. That's too late. So uh, for me, it's just, you know, even doing the nine to five, because, you know, we, we, we play this game since we kids, from high school to college and to professionalism. Um, when you finish playing, the nine to five world is so different, bro. What? <laughs> hey, man, it's a beast. So it's a lot of snakes over here, man. Oh, yeah. Man, this is crazy. I be telling, I be telling my, <laughs> are you laughing, MP? This, this, this ain't no, this, this grimy over here. Yeah. I say, I be telling myself, I say, man, listen, I say, I don't mean nothing in, in a bad way, but I say, if I had to do this shit for 30 years, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah. Coming in here dealing with y'all attitudes and this, I say, I, the, the, the field I come from, we come we come to, we work together, we win together, we lose together, we got one goal, we got one together. thing to accomplish. Yeah. Everything is together. I say, man, everybody got all these different pockets and this and that. They got <laughs> their own hidden agendas. Man, we can't win like this. How can we win? We not yeah. even on the same page. So that's when it takes, you know, leadership and, and the foundation and leading by example. And that's why I always tell people when somebody say, oh, I don't like Tom Brady or I don't like the Patriots or Michael Jordan, because they win. I say, we wake up every day to do what? To win. win. <laughs> you wake up every day to win. How you can't like somebody that's successful? <laughs> How? But you want to be successful. Yeah. yeah. You want to be successful, and they, and they showing you the oh. blueprint yeah. to be successful, but you don't like them. I don't so, understand yeah. that. You know, what? you know why, Brent? Because a lot of people will be like, it don't take all that. Like, it, it don't take all that to get there. You know, I can do it. Listen. Hold on. He's successful. That's the formula. So why not strive to emulate the person but, that has done it? Before? But, Pat. We, but, all the same. we all human beings. We right. <laughs> but, Pat, but you know what? I, this is how I look at it. For these individuals, this corporation or this individual to be successful, something that he's doing right. He's sacrificing something. He's yes. doing something that nobody else ain't doing. That's, that's that's the beauty of it. People don't understand. You don't become successful as an individual or the corporation or a team or organization without no sacrifice. No way. It, 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 you don't do it. So that means get the people who who doing that in the organization. Do it. You got to give them credit because they're doing something nobody else is yeah. doing. Yeah, you need talent. Yeah, you need skills. But man, you also need the other stuff too. Where do you see, where does that sacrifice for, for those that, that need to learn in the sports world? What, what can some of those sacrifices you foresee for someone that wants to be successful in sports? 
that say that again. Some some of the things, the areas that you think someone needs to sacrifice if they truly, you know, a basketball player, young basketball player, sixteen years old. He's saying fifteen. He's he's pretty good. He's saying, you know, I want to make it to the NBA. You know, what are some things that he really needs to be in order? Because I think it takes you got to be obsessed with it these days. Right. Right. It's so yeah. hot. You know what right. sacrifices do you foresee that? Uh, you know, hearing it from you and your perspective and your experience that someone would need to make to get to that level? Well, he just got to be really dedicated to the game. You got to love the game. You know what I'm saying? You really, truly got to love the game. You got to be, like you said, you got to be obsessed with this. Like, when instead of getting on the, the, the phone, going to Instagram or, or, or Fortnite and doing this, you know, you know, you can't go to the gym or you can't get to the gym, study the game. Study your favorite player. You know, watch some basketball film. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're not doing that, somebody else is. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So you you always got to give yourself the edge. You always got to put yourself in a great position. So, so when the time has come and when you get, get to showcase your talent or your skills, you could be ready. You always got to stay ready. You can't get ready. You got to stay ready. Yes. Hey, man, it's, it's funny you say that. I was, uh, you know, I tried, tried every day to get a little bit of time in with uh, the word. Uh, and sometimes, man, you just you just hit a verse, one verse, and you'd be like, dang, that's all I needed today. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 12, 1. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but one who hates correction is stupid. It says it straight up like that. If you hate correction, mm -hmm. hate getting coached, hate having a, a mind of humility, because there's so much information in, in, out here in this world that if we ever think we have all the answers, whether you're in the sports world or even the business world or wherever it may be, you know, to think that you can't take criticism or, or learn or, or feedback, that's that's pride comes before the fall. You know, you know what I say about that, Pat? This is what I tell people. I say, there's no way that you can make it in life without being criticized. It's, it's impossible. You know everything, you perfect. So how can you not take criticism that somebody knowing this and specializing this and can help you. There's no way you can go through life not being able to be criticized. You know what I'm saying? I didn't make it to what I'm doing and how I'm doing without somebody criticizing me. You know? And, and nowadays, everybody's so sensitive mm. about somebody saying something to them or how they saying it. You know what I'm saying? Tell me the truth. Tell, don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I need to hear. Because if you lie to me and you're not telling me what well, that ain't helping me, <laughs> that ain't helping me. And it's not. It's if you not, if you telling me what if you telling me what I want to hear, that's not helping me. I need you to tell me what I need to hear. Exactly. You know. Exactly. You know. So to me, I tell people all the time. I say criticism is good, man. Yeah. You know, you can't make it in this life without being criticized, man. You can't. Even the great ones, the best ones, Kobe, Jordan, whoever, everybody been criticized at yeah. some point in their life. Yeah, and they, I mean, these guys that were that are the best, you know, they still have coaches to this day. You know, Tom Brady's yep. the coach. Yeah, but yep. It's, it's it's all about understanding that the criticism that you receive, whatever it may be, it's up. Like no one can make you mad. No one can make you. You we decide how to charge the feedback and the criticism that to understand. Like, hey, some this person getting on to me, but it's about the message. It's not about the tone. Like, what are they trying to get at? What is the intention behind the person? Especially in sports, I believe, right. I think all coaches, they're trying to help you get better. They're not trying to hinder you from getting to where they see you can, that you can be and where you want to be. 
they want to help you get to that level. So they might have to get on you. You know, it, it was times where I didn't like Coach Donovan, <laughs> plenty of them, but I understood, you know, once I stepped away, he, Coach Donovan loves me. I know who he is, man. He cares about me. He's only getting on to me because he want. not only does he want to win, he wants to see me win in life as well. So right. all that stuff was, was, was awesome. MP, you got any more questions for, for Brent? Nah, man, I just want <clears throat> I just want Brent to know that, like, man, I'm, I'm proud of him. You know, it, it's, it's crazy just sitting here watching him, listening to him, seeing, you know, the maturation of a, of a, of a young man that I met when he was 14 years old to now we're 41, 42 years old. And, and, and then the relationship that we have, that we built, you know, it's, it's not rare that you have a relationship over amount of time with somebody for as long as time that you have it these days, you know? So I value our relationship, Brent. You know, I love you. I wish you the best. And uh, let's continue. Let's continue going in the direction that we're going in. And Pat, I, you know, I take my hat off to you. Thank you for having us on here. You know, we like I always told you, Pat, you was one of the guys that, especially Brent and I, we always looked, you know, looked at you as, you know, hey, Pat, Patrick Young was one of those those guys that could play with us. You know, so so you we got you got my be, respect. I would have loved to be down there banging with y'all. <laughs> banging on Matt Bonner. I would have loved banging on Matt Bonner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know, it's just it's just pleasure to see all the great things that's Brent doing and being being a uh, a vessel in his in his community and giving back. So I'm proud of him for that. Yeah. Yeah, same same thing, Brent. Like I'm I'm definitely, you know, looking at where you are and, and what you're doing and the impact, man. It's it's really inspiring and uh would love to be able to connect with you and you know future one day down the road for me. I don't know if I would want to start a school. I don't know. It it could be something, but just <laughs> the area that you're in, the realm, the the impact, the the intention that you're setting with your life is something that I really, uh, in a in a healthy way, I envy that because I wanna I wanna my life to revolve around what you what you have it going on. But um, la I guess the last question, you know, what is what is your legacy? What do you want your legacy to be left as? Well, I, my legacy, I would like my legacy to be left as if someone can say, you know what, whenever. They spoke with me, talked to me about anything. I always been honest and upfront with them. You know what I'm saying? So, and that I gave it my all and that, you know, he was a person that really cared and that if you was good friends with him, he was there with you. You could be wrong, you could be right, but I'm, if you my friend, I'm with you to the end. We'll talk about what you did after and what you, and you was wrong, but if I'm with you, I'm with you. Yeah. I try to stop you from doing it but if you go along with it, I'm going along with it with you, but we'll talk about it afterwards. That's the kind of person that I am, you know what I'm saying? And in these days, you don't have loyalty. People don't know what loyalty is. They go to the the, the best option for them, and you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's just crazy. But at the end of the day, my legacy, I want somebody to just, just say, you know, he was a great guy, stand-up guy. You know what I'm saying? He did things the right way. Hey, hey, Pat, hey, Pat, one last thing. Just hey, listening, Just listening to that, right? How can you not go to college with that guy out of high school? Yeah. How could you not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, you know he's gonna he's gonna be there with you and he's gonna love up on you and push. I mean, this is yeah from the, the competitive standpoint too, man. Like, you know, this guy's gonna come up and it just I wanna match that energy. Match yeah. that energy there. Yeah. And even off the court, I know he's gonna be my brother, 
and he's going to push my behind to take yeah. my responsibilities off the court yeah. and on the court, man. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Dang, we, we missed each other for a few years, Brent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day you got to try to get Grant, Coach Grant on and talk to him about some of them, them war stories. Coach Grant yeah. can tell you because he was, he was the big man coach, so he, he knows. <laughs> nah, and, 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 coach, and Coach Grant was the one that created all those wars. He the one that created all those stories. Oh, word? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't he, wait he created all those. <laughs> man, it, it's amazing just how, you know, the success and uh, where everyone that's going through Coach Donovan's program, where the coaching are playing, just the, the, the web of wh where they've ended up taking their careers and coaching. Yeah. And the, the NBA film and the playing and the, to whatever it may be. That's why I love, you know, wanted to do this, have this opportunity to start this podcast just to show that, uh, you know, Gator Nation, we're all out here doing great things, even if we're still playing ball or not. But anyways, Brent, thank you so much for your time. Everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, was here with Brent Wright and my guy, MP Major Parker. Another episode, we got to dive into things. That's everything, bas Florida basketball and more. Uh, please remember to share this podcast. Please remember to get it out there. Uh, we just want to tell you, thank you. God bless. Um, and Gator Nation, stay rounded.